as the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. As Hudson tries to close it out, it'll be another 3-2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets the kick, and here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. Remember where you are. So you remember where you are right now at 11.50 Eastern Time. Remember where you are on October 30th, 2019 when the Washington Nationals finished the fight from the depths of a forgettable 19-31 start. They have climbed to the top of baseball's highest peak, giving us all a finish to a season we will remember for the rest of our lives. The Nationals celebrate just behind the pitcher's mound. A world championship, Curly W is in the books. The Nationals down to nothing, six unanswered runs. They beat the Astros six to two. They are the world champions of baseball. Unbelievable. Dude, welcome to everybody. The Nationals are your World Series champions. Holy cow. This is unfriggin' believable. Um, if you're not a baseball fan, man, you just don't know. This was amazing. Um, a fantastic series, a fantastic season. The Nationals, for all practical purposes, have exercised the demons um, that have played the franchise over, over the recent years. And holy cow, um, they've gotten it done. They are your 2019 World Series champions, having taken Game 7 of the World Series with a final score of 6-2 to two in Houston to defeat the Houston Astros. And uh, D.C. is just going nuts right now. So, Keith, how are you feeling? Well, let me give some thought to that a little bit, Jay. I'm going <laughs> to attempt to be somewhat somber as I move into position here and get to a place where I can truly express myself. This, after all, being very late at night in my house, and mm-hmm. I have two uh, wonderfully sleeping children, but right now I'm feeling a little... <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, baby. Oh man. That's hilarious. <laughs> Alright, turn it off before they copyright us. Oh, it's coming. Here we go. Okay. I am feeling so baby shark right now, dude. It is phenomenal. It is awesome. I, you know what? I, I feel fantastic. This I is, had chills. Like, I almost started my crying. Arms, my arms were, were 
had goosebumps and like <laughs> first out going into the ninth actually it was like holy crap it started and then they get the first out and i'm like oh geez i'm like look at this this is ridiculous jay hudson hudson got the uh <clears throat> got that first out of the ninth inning and i almost started crying on the spot just just out of both out of sheer joy and terror at the same time <laughs> um because because <laughs> We have been so close. I know, and I thought that too. Before. Here comes the closer, and uh, we just, okay, we got one out, but hey, we had one out before, and oh my goodness, okay, now they have two outs. We've had two outs before. (laughs) Jay, I'm feeling feeling so great about this World Series win that I I am cracking my first beer in months. Oh, Um, wow. In celebration, because th- this is th- definitely this, a special event. This is a special event. I'm having one, and oh my god, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, this is fantastic, and I am I am 100% getting a copy of the Washington Post tomorrow um, to help commemorate this because th- this is insane. Let's let's talk about what happened tonight. Uh, so game yeah. seven. Okay. They're, they're... okay, so so before we go and do the full recap, I want to say amazing series to the Astros. That yes. they, I mean, this is a series that no one is going to forget. And unfortunately, they're on the losing end of it. But oh, they and so are, legitimately so are, and so are the odds makers in Vegas, apparently. Yeah, and I. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how much I could have won if I took taken that 100 bucks I won on the Wheel of Fortune machine and put it on the Nats. But, you know, we don't gamble, so I didn't even think about it. Mm. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's they played a great series, and just get that out of the way. Okay, now we can go. <laughs> so I, I'm going to 100% agree with you. The Astros... Let, let's put it bluntly. Anybody who's been following the podcast over this course of this World Series knows that coming out of game five, um, I was pretty damn scared. I was pretty damn scared that the Nationals were going to come out of D.C. and lose to the Astros fairly decisively mm-hmm. because they had gone completely cold. Yeah. Um, and mind you, this isn't, you know, being sentimental. You look at statistics, you look at it's the odds, the it's numbers, you look at the odds and, and, just and, like... and you look at what precedent tells you from, you know, this is the 114th World Series. Yeah, more than 100 years worth of statistics <laughs> on the World Series as to what's going to happen. No team, no team has ever won a World Series by winning all of the games in the other team's park. No sporting championship had ever had a seven-game series. This includes baseball, hockey, basketball. basketball. None of those sports had ever had a precedent where the away team had won more than five games, more than six games, much less a game seven in the other team's stadium. No, There had been no precedent for a team – to be in the position that they were to, to have to win a wild card, to have to win an NLCS, to have to win a World Series, each with elimination games at stake yeah. that, entire, that entire time. Um, this, was, this was insane. This was absolutely insane. You had 
you had a situation where uh, we're we're gonna walk through this, but I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way: uh, the my kid's principal in their elementary school. He's a Boston fan through and through, but he told all the kids they had his permission to stay up late and watch the game. <laughs> well, let me, let's let's let me put it in a slightly broader perspective too. John Smoltz said this at the beginning of the eighth inning. And my wife told me not to repeat it to her because she didn't want, she knows I get superstitious mm-hmm. when, when things aren't locked up. And oh, I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. There's a reason why I don't do the wave at sporting events. Okay? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I'm just like, if you're, if you're doing some other nonsense, you're not paying attention to the game right, and, right. and you're not we in the moment, on this. knock it off. I know. Um, I'm the and, same way, by the way, too. I was going to say a bunch of things to uh, Adrian when during the game. And I was like, eh, no. Like, nope. That, so that. John Smoltz <laughs> said at the, t- at the beginning of the eighth when the Nationals were up. So this is after they've taken the lead in the seventh. Yeah. He comes up and he basically um, says, we're on the verge of something that I may never, ever see again in my lifetime. And he was referring to the fact that here you would have had a Game 7 series where every winning team over the course of that series was the away team. Yeah. That's never been done. You were talking about a series where um, the pitcher, one of the pitchers has won all of his starts in the postseason. Went 5-0. No, he went 5-0 and with a perfect percentage. Now, mind you, there have been other guys that have gone five and one. Yeah, I saw that yesterday because we talked about it. And then they threw up this Randy Johnson and Francisco Rodriguez. And I was like, whatever. Okay, you're ruining the stat. They well, didn't go and five that's, and, and that's the thing. When it, they when won it, five games. And when, it comes, and, and when it comes to the stat, he's unbeaten. He won two of his games in the World Series. And he was the World Series MVP. So – there, there's that for, for people to chew on. You had a case where this apparently was the first time ever that the player that was a number one draft pick for a team yeah. was later the World Series MVP for the same team. I saw that when they when they gave him the trophy and that mm-hmm. I, that's I mean that's pretty I nuts. mean what is that I mean what does that say? And then you had Ryan Zimmerman, who's, who was the very first draft pick for the Washington Nationals back in 2005. Yeah. And um, has been with them all this time. Yeah. Through all of their different experiences up to this point. It's his first World Series win. You have the team that is the oldest average age of all teams in the majors. Um, you have a team that started its season – very controversially by trading away or allowing or, or basically not, not re-signing yeah. who was basically the godsend for the franchise in Bryce Harper. Let him go. Um, decided to take that Harper money and go get other pieces like Corbin from Toronto and decided to go get other season guys as the season went along. And managed to see that pay off, not just in the team hitting rock bottom and then somehow coming out of the ashes, but then making the postseason, which in and of itself was, okay, F you Philly. Um, 
then making the NLCS, which again was FU Philly, because by that point it was also revealed that what happened? The NFL screwed up its scheduling because they thought the Phillies were going to be in the postseason, right? So they botched some of the schedule <laughs> schedule times for the Eagles and their prime time. I play. didn't know this. What? Yes, this was a thing. It was it was discovered right around the time at the end of the season that the NFL had basically screwed the Eagles on their schedule because they thought for the longest time that the Phillies were going to be in the postseason. So they've had them on like a long, a long they, they had them on different time slots than they otherwise might because they didn't want the two games to interfere oh, in the Philly God. market. Well, right? they've had that happen. Um, the Eagles, Phillies, uh, when was that? That was like the Chase Utley Phillies and the McNabb Eagles, I mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they, so they went about preventing it, and then what happened? The Phillies didn't make it. The Phillies didn't make the wild card. Um, which was really a, a big possibility for a while, and then they fell off, and they lost that spot to uh, to the Brewers. Um, yeah, this is so. Yeah, they they lost Harper. They get off to a horrible start. Dave Martinez is on the verge of being on the chopping block because it's not going well. Um. And it's just, it's, you know, the worst it could possibly be for a team that was 100% expected to make the postseason and make a run, right? So what do they do? They just kind of grind it out, and they keep going, and they keep going. And then suddenly by the All-Star break, you look, and it's like, oh, well, they're doing better. And then June comes around, and it's, oh, they're doing really good. And then July comes around, and August comes around, and you're going, holy crap, these guys are on the mm-hmm. biggest tear in the majors of any other team and suddenly they're making moves. Now there's no way in hell they're going to catch the Braves in their division. Right, they had caused yeah. so much damage in that first month and a half that there was no way they were going to win the division. Not unless they managed to win those late series against Atlanta, which to Atlanta's credit, no, they, they swept them. They kind of made it a definitive thing that that was not going to be in the cards for the nationals. So, uh, so they missed out on that, but they qualify for the wild card. They go to the wild card. They are st- despite having the better record than the Brewers, they're not expected to win, probably because of their performance in the previous four appearances in the postseason. Yeah, I, I don't want to call them choke artists, but Lady Luck had not fallen they, their way. Yeah, they the found post-season. a way to lose. <laughs> yeah, you're being more blunt about it than I than I would probably prefer to be. <laughs> But uh, but Keep, yeah, they I, it had I, not I, worked. I, out. Not to sidetrack, but I'm a Falcons fan in the midst of a one and seven start, so uh, I, I'm prepared yeah. to be uh, uh, straightforward. So so it had not worked out. Lady Luck turns her head and they pull off what was already an improbable win against Milwaukee to then do what? Go face the Dodgers, the number one seed, right in the National League. Yeah, I mean they went through a. a... They get to a game five in L.A., then, yeah. a game five in L.A., which the Dodgers were winning for the better part of the night. They bring in their ace, Clayton Kershaw. They rock Kershaw and put him out about as fast as he came into the game mm-hmm. and turn around and mm-hmm. win that game um, decisively. That was the, that that was the, the grand, slam. grand slam to, to close it out in L.A. I never saw a stadium clear out quite so fast. As when that that ball went over the wall in the top of the in the top of the yeah. ninth, and those stands cleared out of there, um, it was insane. 
to then have them go against St. Louis, which granted they beat what I think was the better team in Atlanta. Yeah, but they also going into the series had creamed Atlanta after they won the game four and then they killed them just in the first well, inning. My, well, my in point was game five, and it's also the Cardinals. Yeah, they, they, they are, are. You don't sleep on you don't sleep on the Cardinals. A class, ever. like they're, right. they're, it's like going and right. facing the Lakers. It's like oh, the Steelers made the yeah, or the Steelers made the playoffs. Yeah. Well, oh crap! Even though they they could have had a terrible season, they're in the playoffs. That means yeah, exactly everything. So they. Uh, so they get themselves set up in um, in the NLCS against the Cardinals, and what happens? They sweep. Um, un- completely unexpected. Like, they just go on a tear. Mm-hmm. Completely unexpected. Yeah. And, and let me pause there for a second and take people back before the postseason even happened. A lot of people forget Davey Martinez has a heart procedure in the beginning of September. So before they've even made the postseason – um, they're still tr- they're still trying to contend. They're on a tear. They actually went on about a two week drought, where they went on on a few different series and they were losing pretty decisively in some of these games. And it just seemed like they were in a going cold at the worst possible time, um, trying to get a postseason slot. And it, a lot of it, I think, was just because Martinez was out. He wasn't in the dugout. He was recovering. Um, but when he comes back. All of a sudden, things kind of turn around. They wrap things up in their division to to make the wild card. They hit the postseason. They go through the Brewers. They go through L.A. They get to the Cardinals. They sweep the Cardinals. If the narrative becomes what? Oh well, they're not going to play. Uh, you know, they're not going to play um, immediately. They're going to have to wait for the winner of the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. Uh, both those teams could cream them. Um, they're going to have too much time off yeah. and the statistics again, and this isn't just people trying to poo poo all over the nationals. The stats don't lie to that point. Only one out of seven teams to have swept their championship series had ever gone on to then win the world series. So again, odds not in their favor. They open up the world series. They're opening it up on the road in Houston. The Vegas odds makers are basically saying this is going to be a cakewalk for Houston yeah, and that they're going to get, they're, they're going to basically get trashed. Well, the, what do the Nats do? They come in, they win both games in Houston, um, completely leave Houston gobsmacked winning the first two games on the road. They come back to DC. DC is beyond ecstatic to have postseason baseball for the first time since, uh, you know, the Nationals were the yeah. senators and film, film was in black and white. Yeah. Um, and uh, probably with musical narrative to it, I don't think I'm not quite so sure the Wizard of Oz had come out yet. Um, <laughs> but if that puts anything in perspective for anyone, it's they lie in October 1934. <laughs> 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 the Vol the Classic between your Washington Senators and those pesky teams from across the country come together in the World Series to determine the baseball championship of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a minute <laughs> since they've had postseason baseball in DC. No. And what happens? They drop three. They don't drop one. They don't drop two. They drop all three games in DC. And anybody who's been listening to this podcast post game five knows that I was livid. Um, thinking this is it. 
they're you know they've had their magic they're they're out of stardust um you know they, they they've run their course maybe it's not going to happen again um but you had hope right um, well go well exiting game 4 our our uh so this is pre sures are not pitching um we were like okay a best of 3 with Scherzer and Strasburg we'll take it exactly Exactly. You got them going back-to-back games, game five, game six. Hopefully they can pull it out. What happens? Scherzer wakes up the morning of, of game five. He can't pitch. He can't move. He can't dress himself. He's having issues. And all of a sudden, they get Joe Ross in to pitch, and the Nationals stay cold, and they lose that game. Um, they made a game of it to some extent, but they lose the game. So now you're thinking, crap, now we're going back to uh, now we're going back to Houston. What's gonna happen? We're gonna get we're gonna get Strasburg, but is that gonna be enough? And yeah. Strasburg comes in and he absolutely dominates uh, the Astros in his outing, um, almost going a complete game. Um, and thankfully the Nationals found their bats at baggage claim in Houston and cranked it up. And uh, <clears throat> suddenly found their way uh, to scoring runs again. And then that brings us all the way now to tonight, to game seven. Scherzer. Yeah. <clears throat> Scherzer cranky. Thankfully, Scherzer had gotten some treatment. Um, it had turned out that he'd had a pretty hardy cortisone shot um, and some chiropractic work on his neck, back, and shoulders to help loosen him up and get him. I wonder if the chiropractor was uh, – Houston chiropractor, Dr. Gregory Johnson, um, because that, that, if, if it was him, oh my gosh, that I'm a thank you note. If it was Dr. Gregory Johnson oh, kidding, working on geez. Max Scherzer, because I, I'm going to send him the biggest thank you in the world. Um, but uh, Dr. Gregory Johnson is a chiropractic uh, practitioner in Houston who does very aggressive sports medicine. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who he is, check him out. His videos are hilarious. But anyway, I, I digress. Scherzer's good to go. He's getting the start. <clears throat> the answer is he's going to – Martinez says, hey, he's going to get as long a leash as he wants um, for as long as he feels good and as long as we think things are moving yeah. along. And okay. what, what a leash that was. Um, but also, <sighs> this was a uh... – one of those fun facts before you enter the game. This was the first game seven between Cy Young award Between winners. two Cy Young winners, yeah. This was also Scherzer was the second pitcher to pitch uh, for a team in the World Series in games one and game seven. Wow. Who was the other one? Do you know? Um, not offhand, but it was also the previous World Series game seven featured the Astros. And that was two years ago when they won. So let's talk for a minute about Grinky, who was the starter for Houston. So Grinky had pretty much shut down the Nationals in game three in his appearance in D.C. Um, I, I, I have to walk away saying I have a newfound respect for him as a pitcher. I hadn't followed him very much. Yeah, I, I, I don't say that to say that I thought he was garbage or he was nothing, but I will say he was not. Well, he was on teams like the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, the Royals. 
Well, I'm talking about him as a pitcher. Like he was not. I I, I don't think his style of play was as sexy as maybe you know the guys who can just gas the ball right. over the plate. He, he's right. not a Verlander. He's not a Scherzer. He's not certainly not a Strasburg. Right. But but he's a guy. You know what? I I think John Smoltz hit it on the head. He was like a Greg Maddox, which they threw up a fielding stat. Uh, with him and uh, uh, Maddox from the 1996 series. Ding, ding, mm-hmm. there you go again. We should do bingo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where uh, it was, he had like five fielding um, plays himself and Maddox, that was the most since Maddox in 96. I, and and I thought his style was pretty darn similar because he Maddox didn't have, you know, high, high heat, not compared to other guys in the game at the time. No, but, but he, he had, could hit he had a, amazing changeups. He had amazing sliders. He had amazing curveball and he amazing all, control. And he had fantastic control. And if Grinky did anything in game three, he had the Nationals, you know, in, in a series when the umpires, up until tonight, I think, um, had probably the tightest called strike zone, um, you know, game after game after game after game. Uh, he was getting the nationals to swing at just absolute garbage left and right. Um, just stuff that would come straight towards the plate and then just bottom out or turn or curve or go wherever it was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. How silly he made them look. He lulled them into a stupor almost like uh, Charlie and Dave <laughs> were talking about the at bats. And it was just this formula that the Nationals just weren't figuring out. But it was simple. First pitch, fastball. Second pitch, fastball. Third pitch, breaking ball. And they were just, every time they decided to swing, it was swinging at changeup or breaking ball garbage pitch. And they weren't, they couldn't do it. So leading into tonight, this was the setup with these two guys. And you knew it was going to be pretty much a, a head-to-head battle. Um, and this game, kind of at the beginning, became yet another carbon copy of what had already happened in every single game of this series. Um, teams come out aggressive. Um, somebody's up early. Um, the Astros got on the board right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so right out the gate, it was one nothing. Um, and then the pitchers go to work. Um, I will say Grinky pitched as expected. He, I, I actually think he did immensely better than game three. He oh, probably yeah. could have gone another inning or two longer than they let him go. He only I, had 80 pitches. Oh, and, and, before, and before we get too far now into the game, I know we've been talking here for a while, and we haven't begun to talk about the game itself. Well, I'm fully expecting this is going to be a long episode. I'm going to regret it in the morning. <laughs> but but here's, here's the other aspect of this. Uh, the, the manager for the Astros had made no bones about the fact that he was going to put Grinky on a short leash, that if um, he had an opportunity to put Garrett Cole – who was their primary starter into the yeah. game in relief that he was going to do that. Um, and so you knew that this was going to be an all hands on deck type situation 
for both teams and that anybody who was available to pitch was going to pitch. And, um, you know, it, it, it was going to be an absolute duel across the board. Well, Grinky comes out and he's throwing, I think, his best stuff um, that, he, that he'd thrown the entire series or probably in the whole postseason. He was lights out. He was making Nats uh, look silly. Guys that made contact were hitting the ball basically right back to him. Um, and he, he, I think the stat was what? He, he handled five outs on his own. I believe so, yeah. So he was he was uh, helping his own cause. Um, his teammates were doing a pretty good job in the field. Nothing was really getting by um, very easily. Um, and you know the Nationals, despite a Soto an early Soto hit um, that went you know that went out into the outfield, they didn't get anything for several innings. Yeah, um, they had 16 straight batters that didn't get on base. So he was all they had until the when they finally got in, woke up, or the bats woke up, uh, was a single and a walk. Yeah, so so he was lights out and doing very very well. Scherzer, on the other hand, <clears throat> Scherzer he did he wasn't throwing bad stuff. But he was about as on par with his performance from um, from game one as he was in this one, in that he was hittable, mm-hmm. he was challengeable, he wasn't dominating uh, batters. Certainly not the way Strasburg did last night, and um, certainly not the way I think some folks have gotten accustomed to. And I think that's that's twofold. That's because you know, again, the, the umpires were really calling a pretty tight strike zone the entire series. And frankly, um, the Astros hitters were pretty well disciplined at the plate, forcing him to have to work. Um, so he had, I think almost every inning had at least two runners on base for the majority of his time on the mound. It was ridiculous. (laughs) But that said, he worked out of it. He, he had only given up the one run, um, which was manufactured by Houston. And then he shut it down. And despite the many times that they had runners in scoring position, he didn't allow them to get around. Um, that didn't necessarily the strikeouts on his part. No, but he didn't have a lot. I, I think he had – he must have had, I think, less than five on the night. Um, yeah. I think it was but like at some two or point, three. At some point, though, you were just expecting. I mean, if 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 an animal keeps getting caught in a trap, at some point that leg's gonna get chopped off. And like, right. you were like, "What are you doing?" It's the same thing every single inning. I was ready to pull them after like the fourth. Well, it was it was in the fourth. It was starting was like, to look. I, let, I'll admit, I was getting scared. <laughs> You were get. I was like, uh, there. I was like, this, this is not looking good. This is not looking good. This is it's it's terrible. It's only two zero, but it feels like it's like twenty to nothing. I was getting scared because you saw what Grinky was doing. In, yeah, and completely completely shutting down the bats. He had multiple like eight pitch innings. Oh yeah, and that was the other thing. His his pitch count was significantly lower 
than Scherzer's. And Scherzer's just climbing, climbing, climbing. Scherzer was like Verlander last night. Yes. On his pitches. Yes. And he had to work. And he had to keep going and going and going. And you were just like, oh, my goodness. But I tried, uh, you know, when we were kind of recovering after the game and the excitement. I was like, let me think of how the Astros fans were thinking in this thing. They keep getting runners on base and they keep not scoring. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I'm an Astros fan, I'm like, get runs on. (laughs) Yeah, they had get them in. You know, they had to. Now that you mentioned that, they had to have known, especially given the three games in Houston already. They had to have a feeling that something was going to go awry. Yeah, and that something went awry finally in the top of the seventh, when uh, Anthony Rendon took Greinke to the yard um, with a solo shot um, on a breaking ball. Um, that Greg had been using all night to strike out guys. He finally caught one that hung a little bit and he took him the distance and uh, the Houston manager didn't waste any time <clears throat> in well, coming uh, in and, and yanking him uh, out of the game he, after that. After he, uh, he then he gave, gave up, up a hit, the walk right? he gave or up, the hit. Yeah, he gave up a base runner. Uh, was it to Soto? He walks Soto. After yeah. he walks Soto, that's when he put in Harris. So so he goes to Harris. Now, here's the interesting thing. Cole <clears throat> Cole had been warming up, um, not like heavily, but had kind of been looking like he was keeping his arm warm for at least an inning or so prior to that point. Um, and probably, yeah, he was up and down, inning. sort of like mm-hmm. how they were running Corbin. Um, I think they had him up as early as the fourth yesterday. Inning yeah, he was he was kind of <laughs> up and down, and they were like, "Okay, well, you know, he's a he's a starter, so he takes longer to warm up." And then at one point, they had Cole and Presley up at the same time, so they were speculating possibly, <sighs> "Okay, they'll put in Presley to finish this inning, and then Cole will come out in the top of the next inning, so he starts fresh." Like, yeah. So he, um, so instead he brings in Harris, right? Yep. Who, who had worked the night before and has actually, I think, worked a pretty decent bit throughout this series. Um, yeah, but he gave up that home run yesterday. Exactly. So and he, he hadn't given up anything before that. Right. So they'd gotten to him yesterday and he comes in and. Then, then of course, uh, was it was that when Howie, Kendrick struck? That was Howie. Howie Kendrick struck lightning yet again. Um, I, so again tonight, I wasn't really watching. I was listening, and I was putting the clothes into my new closet uh, uh, organizer system that we put in yesterday during Game Six. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So I, I, I'm over there. I hear Dave and Charlie and home run and they're talking about it. And I'm like, oh, let me go see. That thing was like it was like the 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 um, Alvarez Homer. He hit the foul pole. Yeah. Or it was like, OK, this little bit over and it would not have been a home run. Mm-hmm. And so I naturally thought it was a pull that he pulled it when I saw he pushed it and yeah. went opposite field. Yep. I was like, Holy crap. 
Yeah. No, man, he, he did that, and the air got sucked out of uh, out of Minute Maid Park again. Um, yeah, that made it 3-2. That made it 3-2. Suddenly the Nats had the lead, and all of a sudden, um, all of the pressure, all of the pressure went onto the Astros. And I'm talking, this, this happened all within the same inning within just a few pitches of when Grinky, um had last been in the game. So, like that, they go from Harris being ahead. two pitches. Then yeah. That was it. Yeah, two pitches, and the game had changed completely. Um, so then after that, he's pulled, and they bring in another guy. Um, and uh, it was just – Yeah, he gave up the single. Then Asuna came in. Then he walks Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they got two outs after that. But <sighs> – so so then the damage has been done. It's now 3-2, and now we're counting down outs. And now I'm wondering, okay, what are the Nats going to do? Well, bottom of the seventh, they bring in Corbin. Um, yeah. And Corbin was awesome. Uh, he was perfect in what they asked him to do, and he came in like they had asked him to be the starter. Well, that was his second inning. And mm-hmm. his previous inning, he uh, he had – the single, but then he struck out yep. Springer, yep. who's been a tough out. And then he got Altuve to ground out yep. into the double play. So, you know, that helped the top of the seventh kind of, you know, or a top by, uh, going into the top of the seventh. Yep. All right. We're, we're, we're turning this around. You know, we had an easy inning. We mm-hmm. didn't have runners on base. And then, yeah, then he comes in. He's... Three up, three down with two strikeouts. Yep. <sighs> then you got, let me see, the eighth. Then you had Smith come in. Mm-hmm. Or no, wait, eighth was. They went through pitchers really fast. Asuna was still in. Mm-hmm. So he comes back out, which that was probably a mistake. He comes back out. Uh, Turner grounds out. Eaton walks on an amazing at-bat. Um. Then he steals second, uh, um, got in there pretty easy. Rendon flies out, and then our buddy, Juan, comes up, hits the ball just like he did in the Brewers game, mm-hmm. gets that single, and Eaton scores because he stole second. Yep. Yep, playing small ball, stole second. Yep, and then uh, Kendrick got on. He got the infield single. Um, Soto went to third. They changed pitcher, the pitcher and bring in Presley, and then uh, Cabrera got out. But that was a hard hit ball. So that was another run. So now it's 4-2 going into the bottom of the eighth. Astros still have six outs. There's still two runs. They can still get it. Two strikeouts and a ground out. Under Corbin still. Yep. Yeah, he was he was lights out in that eighth inning. Um, I think, yeah, he um, – I, I have to give him kudos. He uh, came into the game and didn't he, – he, he wasn't shaky at all. And I think he, the Yeah, Astros, he didn't mess around. I think the Astros knew they were in trouble because all of a sudden pitches that they maybe were getting calls, on, you know, for themselves on with Scherzer, suddenly Corbin's painting all over the – all over the strike zone. And uh, 
like Scherzer had kind of spent the whole game kind of pitching low and away. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. Corbin, man, he was he was scooting left to right. The movement on his pitches was all over the place, and they didn't know what to do. I think he got Correa on a, a high fastball um, when he struck him out in this inning. Mm-hmm. And actually, the um, Charlie and Dave were wondering, okay, uh, Corbin's in there. He's been in there for two. He's coming out for his third. And last night, we'd even said maybe Corbin for two innings. Um, and... So they um, they're speculating, you know, like the Correa strikeout was six pitches, and um, they had the Astros had a lefty on their bench, Tucker, yeah. who he um, had really great at bats, got on base pretty much every time he came in. Yep. Um, when they batted around, he's the one that started that uh, rally for them. Um, I think game four. And so they're like, all right, so they don't, they want, maybe they want to keep Corbin in because they don't want Tucker to come in to pinch hit. Right. And so then you look, they were at the seven, eight, nine hitters. So they're like, okay, if the Corbin can get these guys out, keep Tucker off of coming in and do three up three down because you don't want to get back up to the top of the lineup. That'll be great. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I mean, he battled on that last, uh, on that strikeout on Marisnik. Um, that was an eight pitch at bat. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't easy, but they, that was, mission when, was achieved. No, no, when he got him, dude, he, he strolled off of there. He was feeling it. And I think the Nats were feeling it, and they were just like, okay, this has got, you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, at that point, what's the score? It's 4-2, and four, then you four have – 4-2, so now you go to the top of the ninth. Yep, and it starts with Zimmerman, Zimmerman singles, which is always a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, single it on the second pitch. Then Gomes comes in, gets a – grounds into a fielder's choice. They got Zimmerman out at second. So you have runner on first still. Robles comes in, singles the center, and because of how it was played, Gomes only got the second. Um, but the the center fielder kind of pushed like he was going to catch it, but then he let up and he let the ball fall. So He played it safe. He wanted to make sure he wasn't going to miss it. Yeah. So then uh, after that, Turner has a eight-pitch at bat and walks. Yep. To load the bases. Yep. And, at this, and at this point, out. and at this point, it's only one out, right? Uh, no, it was no outs. No outs. Yeah, no, yeah, one out. One they out. Got Zimmerman out. Bases they got loaded. Zimmerman. Even a sack fly or anything out of the of the infield is going to bring in a run. Right. So then they bring in our friend Urquidy, who was dominant when he started in Game Four. And, you know, so you're expecting that performance. And Adam Eaton comes in, second pitch, single to center, yep. scores two runs. Yep. Um, also, there was the error by the center fielder. He picked it up with his glove and it fell out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped that second run score because actually Robles stopped at third. And then once that ball bobbled out he sprinted home uh real quick so six two 
and then they follow up to the two outs after that. Right, um, right when that yeah. happened, man, was when I started feeling it um, for sure because they they just were pouring it on, and it was the insurance runs, and it was you know it's now gone from just a one run deficit for the Astros, which shocking because they you know they'd kind of been shut down after those early innings but doable for anybody in the seventh eighth or ninth to all of a sudden it was a uh you know all of a sudden it was going to be a a four four run deficit and now you're going holy cow i we we could do this (laughs) and and, yeah uh, yeah and and so (laughs) The big concern becomes at that point um, Hudson because not that Hudson had had a great postseason. He had, but he'd had some moments where, like we were talking about the other night, if he had to do more than three outs, um, you were kind of pressing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this case, and now granted he hadn't had that workload tonight, but he had, uh, he'd been warming up for like two solid innings. Um, as a just in case and so you're wondering like how you know how how good is he going to be well they got him going he came in and he came in about as humbly as you can imagine just you know he's got he's got his stare going he's heading towards the mound uh out of the bullpen he gets up there and man he wasn't screwing around he uh it was three up three down did he he struck out two right the last two yeah so, and that last that bat was a good at bat. Um, it was, but it was a seven pitch at bat against Brantley, who's been mm-hmm. he struck out Altuve and Brantley. Mm-hmm. And those two guys we talked about so so much during this series because they were the two guys that were consistently getting on base. Exactly, and um, you start counting it down at that point. You got three outs to go. Um, First guy flies out. Um, next guy comes up, and it's and that was a quick strikeout. That's that one against Altuve. Yeah, three pitch was was three pitches, and he was done. All fastballs. And now you're down to your last out. And at this point, John Smoltz is really starting to lay it on like the importance of this whole World Series. <laughs> which is which? So which, were you like, shut up, John? I was a little bit like, shut up, John. You're going you're gonna to jinx it. Um, because he and Joe Buck were starting to talk like, hey, the Nationals are, are going to win this um, as early as like the top of the eighth. Uh, and, I'm going, and I'm going, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't listening to them then. He's up there, J squared. Like, you two need to, need to back it up and, and give it a minute because, you know, going Rambo again. Nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> um, and you just look, you just, you never know. You never, ever, ever yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, and so we start counting it down. You got the first out. Great. You get the strikeout. And then it's, holy crap. It's one out to go. And, and unlike the ghosts of playoffs pass where you're sitting there going, maybe he'll be solid against the batter or maybe this will get exciting or I don't know. We've got room with four runs, right? Um, I know, right? Hudson, Hudson is pitching. He's attacking. 
He's attacking the, the, the hitters, and you can tell the pressure is just on these guys, and they want to make something happen. So I'm looking at the breakdown of his pitches in the ninth inning. All I see, I see two sliders. The rest of them, fastballs. Yeah, he was crushing Every, it. And he waved it. off a couple. I think I think Gomes was trying to get him to throw some trickery. Um, and I think I think Hudson was like, nah, man, I got the adrenaline. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna crush it right now. And uh you know, I think he I think he was just going hundred percent no nonsense with it. Um and he goes in, they get that third strikeout, and man, the the, the nationals go Absolutely nuts. Bust bust out of the dugout. It's a mob scene at the pitcher's mound. Hudson chucked his – I don't know where the hell he threw his glove. That was amazing. That was my <laughs> highlight of the win was that he threw – he does his uh, follow-up through. He throws the strikeout, and he just grabs that glove off, yanks it off, and throws it at the dugout. It was hilarious. Yeah. It didn't go in the air. It was like, Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Howard Dean. He was like, yeah, yeah. It was, that he sends it all Howard <laughs> Dean style into the uh, into the uh, dugout, and they're just off, and it, and it's just a hundred percent pure joy and celebration. And you know the the thing I like the most um, about what was being said about the Nationals, especially by people who are not fans of the nationals and i'm and i'm talking not just about joe buck john smaltz um or not even necessarily a rod or ortiz or thomas or any of the other guys or any number of the different you know morning sports guys that you get on like espn or fs1 or whatever these guys were going across the board after game six and we're and we're pretty much saying you know what um you know, Houston on paper should be able to win this game. But there was nobody who had any misgivings about, you know, there was nobody that was going to feel bad if the Nationals won. Because they felt like this was a team that was playing, like this was their postseason to lose. This This was a team that was proving everybody wrong along the way and was, uh, finding ways to win in probably the most exciting fashion ever. The the challenge came in just the precedent and the numbers. All the numbers said, you know, a team with a long layoff before the World Series after sweeping is going to lose. All the numbers said, you're not going to win two games at your opponent's location in the World Series. It's just not going to happen. Um, all the numbers said, you went three down after being up two, uh, you're going to lose <clears throat> the series. Um, and all the numbers said that in a game seven, um, the odds were not necessarily in your favor. Now, I felt after the win last night with Strasburg that it was a clean slate, that the Nationals were going to have every right to win game seven as the Astros, and that it was going to be you know, it was it was honestly going to come down to who was just going to have the better night, and um, the Nationals got the breaks. They were patient. I think they they did what they had done all playoffs long. The first two thirds of the game pissed you off <laughs> because <laughs> because it, you know the the lack of action and the and the work on the part of the starters, which we we knew this was going to be a pitchers World Series, 
all mm-hmm. of the starters pretty much had the same resume, um, yeah. all except for maybe Strasburg and his performances where he had, you know, 12 and in five innings in his uh, first appearance in the series. So what was that, game two? And yeah. then uh, his performance last night where he almost threw for a complete game. Um, you know, he uh, was kind of the outlier. And Arcady was the outlier as well in that he didn't give up any runs right. um, yep. while he was in. Everybody else. So you're talking Verlander, you're talking Cole, you're talking Scherzer, you're talking Strasburg, you're talking Corbin. Every other guy um, had kind of the same scenario, which was they gave up runs early and then they went to work. I was listening to a a sports show and um, they... (laughs) They were like, every time I looked at the TV and checked in on the games during this series, this was before game six. Um, but like every single time I looked, it was 4-1. Yeah, it was like, it was like a rerun. <laughs> it's like, it was like, is this the same damn game? Yeah, it was, it was like a rerun every game. It was, it was suddenly it was 2-1 or 2-zip or, you know, something ridiculous. Yeah, 2-0, um, 2, for, two, within, zero, yeah, two, within, two By the third four, inning, two. it was the same score, pretty much. And I got to say... Um, not all of you ha- will, will be able to get into your phone, but if you could text them during a game that you're truly invested in, it's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know what? It, it, I, I think you just got the sense that like, um, this couldn't have happened to a nicer team. This couldn't have happened to a, um, to a better group. They fought back. Um, the the only I will say that the only series that I think this one compares to, and if anybody's a hockey fan out there, I think they'll appreciate where I'm coming with this, would have been last year's Stanley Cup, where you had the St. Louis Blues, who were the last place team in the NHL, dead last, worst team, at the midpoint of the season. This in January, it's a six month season that starts in October, and. They were dead last in the NHL. Turn around, they like I think went through their third manager. Suddenly picked up a couple guys, and then all of a sudden they went on a tear. They make the postseason. They burn all the way to the Stanley Cup. They go. I can't remember if they went six games or seven seven games or whatever, but they had kind of that same, you know, all for one and one for all type mentality. Yeah. and uh, went on a tear. And I, I'll tell you, by the end of that series, I was actually a little bit ticked off that nobody was talking about hockey. And yeah, what, you mentioned And, and what was me. happening with them because it was a phenomenal story in the postseason. But I think the Nationals fit the bill. And I think when you add all these other things that came in, in, into play for them, they lost Harper, the guy who was supposed to be their their franchise guy forever. Um you know, plan A went away and they had to go to plan B. Plan B wasn't working out, so they had to go to plan C. Plan C started to do some interesting things, but nothing was guaranteed. And then you get to the postseason and it becomes about shaking off the, the you know, the ghosts of playoffs pass. Um, and then and then becomes all uncharted territory and where you think, well, are these guys going to be up to it? Are they going to be competitive? Are they going to be able to do it? Um, these guys are the oldest team in the majors, you know, none of these guys on this club have ever won a, a world series or, or gone far in the postseason. So what are they going to do? Do they have the, the true experience to get it done? 
And you know what, man? At the end of the day, they just they brought it home. They got it done, man. They um, God, they, they there were just so many good stories out of this. Scherzer, this whole scenario with his with his back and and showing up yeah. and, and gutting it out and working. Strasburg, <clears throat> after being shut down and and being completely kept out of the postseason early in his career, and then being on a pitch count and being shut out again, and then having limited work in, in another one in which they didn't advance um, to then going five and zero in a postseason when he could finally put in the work, um, you know, to, to having a young kid like Soto um, who for his age has impressed the hell out of everybody. I think he has a record he's, now. He's the youngest player to hit three home runs in a world series or in a, it's yeah. five, right? World Series. I think it's doesn't have well, a total of five. That that would have been the postseason, mm. but three in the World Series. Youngest guy. Yep. Um, um, and he's twenty-one. And and you know what's fascinating there is to hear Hall of Famers talk about him and be just in in sheer awe of his style and where he's at. The the potential they think he has. Yeah. Um, is off the charts. And that's the ultimate respect there, you know, like just their recognition of seeing this guy play and being like that guy, that guy right there yeah. is, is a good player. Well, to then, to then having somebody like a Ryan Zimmerman, right. Who was, was the first guy drafted by the nationals back in the day was a, was a, an all-star third baseman um, was kind of their long ball guy, their cleanup guy. And as he's gotten into the back half of his career, he had issues with his sh- with shoulder injuries, couldn't throw the ball from third base really. So it became, does he get traded? Does he, you know, what do we do? Yeah. yeah. But he had signed a long-term contract and, and thankfully the relationship was there that they trusted him and stuck by him and decided to move him over to first base. And he did, he's done great over there and his bat has actually stayed pretty relevant. Um you know, to get him finally to a World Series and to get him a win, um, you can, how can you not feel good about that? Um, to have guys like Corbin who were brought in um, after Harper, you know, after they moved on from Harper and guys that they convinced to, to say, hey, trust us, we're going places um, and come along for the ride. And here, here he is, a guy in his first year of a six-year contract and he's mm-hmm. gone to a World Series and won. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. Um, to have then all these other guys that they brought in, uh, Kendrick, um, you know, Cabrera, um, Sanchez, um, Para, you know, guy after guy after guy um, who they've they've seen postseason experience but have never won. Um, I think was really, really cool. And then you have a guy like Anthony Rendon, who again came up through the system um, and has put in the time and the effort and has been a marquee player. And, and right now is probably going to be one of the most sought after guys in postseason. Um, you know, potentially with free agency, who, who knows what's going to happen with him. Um, and it's just great to see it all come together. If, if only for this series, it's great to see it come together like this. It's great to see them gut it out. I don't think anybody could have expected that this was how it was going to go. Um, and I don't think anybody can feel bad about it. Yeah, who would have who would have done that? You know, well, <laughs> truth be told, you know, 
And it was so funny because even John Smoltz said at the end, he said, you know, this gives hope. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, this gives hope to every team out there. Yeah. That you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be the team that is loaded with, you know, star after star after star after star. You don't have to be the team that is like, you know, supposed to be a team of destiny to win the World Series. You can be a team that can gut it out and win. And um, I, I think that was amazing. I, I think it was really, really cool. I think this was a fun World Series to watch. It was a damn fun World Series to, to watch as a fan. Um, I am over the moon that the Washington Nationals are World Series champs, and for a whole year we get to, get to claim that. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for the city that uh, they now get to join the ranks of, of champion in the, in the city. Um, alongside the Capitals and the Mystics. Um, mm-hmm. This town's feeling pretty darn good about its sports. Not so much about the Redskins, though. But, um, but as far as, you know, their, uh, their talent and, and what they have available and, and what they're putting out, um, it's pretty impressive. And it's amazing. And it's, it's a whole lot of fun to, to be here for this ride right now. Um, so let's put some stuff in perspective. For Ryan Zimmerman, a.k.a. Mr. National. Yep. He's gone through... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Dave Martinez is his eighth coach. Yep. Eighth manager. And I think one of only three who lasted more than two years. Yeah. Uh, actually, all of them... The other one pretty be, much the, were the other Maniacta one. maybe was the longest. Uh, Him and Rickleman. Well, there was Frank Robinson on the front end when he was first drafted. Yeah, oh five, oh six. And Maniacta, oh seven to oh nine. And then Jim the other, and then, and then the, other, to 11. the other was uh, Davy Johnson. Davy Johnson, eleven to thirteen. Matt Williams, fourteen to fifteen. Dusty Baker, sixteen seventeen. Dave Martinez. <sighs> yeah. He's also gone through the Natinals scandal. Mm. That's how low this team got at some point, at one point in time. They had misspelled uniforms. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the Natinals. I mean, this just... <laughs> I, and I totally forgot about that, but yeah. He, they, they he took happen. over... <laughs> how could you forget? Um, he took over in 05... He was sharing third base time with Vinny Castilla. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I mean, this guy has seen this entire organization. Well, he's been there from the, from the very beginning. Do this, and he, it's he put, just, his first games were at RFK. Yeah, and they showed him on, uh, you know, kind of one of those going to commercial little snippets, and he's starting to celebrate, and you see his mouth, and he's like. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is over the moon. And and, I, and you know it couldn't it, it was amazing how many of our friends who are not Nats fans but are good baseball fans were so complimentary of Ryan Zimmerman when whenever I brought up the point of you know it's nice to see a guy like him who who's basically been a a devoted company guy to the same team yeah um have not only the experience of going to the postseason but to have a good postseason he he homered he scored he produced 
He, you know, made plays on the field. Um, to like have him be an active guy and not just a bench rider um, when he's been after it for so long. Um, and frankly, it could have, it could have very easily not been the case for him. Um, especially given that he was injured this year, th- th- this might've been one of those years where it really could not have worked out and he might've been, you know, odd man out once the postseason came around, but his back yeah. got hot. He kept himself relevant. He kept himself ready to work. Only time they sort of messed with him was when they did a defensive substitution late, I think, game mm-hmm. five, five or six, where they put Cabrera at second and put Ka- uh, Kendrick at first. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But, nah, that's I, I, I'm over the moon um, that he gets to add this to his resume. Because, you know, he, he's – unfortunately, he's one of those guys um, that I think – he's a baseball player that anyone who's a fan of the game will love. But unfortunately, I think he's one of those players that also because of the premium placed on things like all-star appearances, which he only has two. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, world series championships and league MVPs and all that sort of stuff. He probably will not make the hall of fame. Um, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. He is well, the he he is the all time leader for all things nationals, so who he, knows? Yeah, so who I knows? Mean, he, that may that may go in his favor. Um, <coughs> but he'll he be does, the first legit national like Nat to uh, you know get ring. I mean, there's no I'm question here, number eleven is going to be retired at some point. Yeah, like it, I'm looking here and it says they have Pudge and Jason Worth in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, and I and I almost think of those as honorable mentions because yeah, because because Pudge were, at the end of his career, they were they were stars that came in and and now I will say this, Pudge was important to helping to set the standard for the team to saying guys, this right. this, this is what can be. Hey, worth I I, I love me some Pudge. I know that's kind of weird, <laughs> yeah. but and, yeah, and worth no, was important great. in helping to elevate them to that next level, to the postseason level. Well, even to show others, hey, we're willing to pay a guy who is, you know, he had a good series with the Phillies, but he helped start. He people helped start really knew team. about Jason Worth. I, without, but, without Jason Worth, I don't think you ever get to Max Scherzer. No. Or to Corbin. Yeah, definitely not. Or to, uh, or to somebody like, uh, maybe even somebody like a Kendrick or a Sanchez or any one of these other guys. I don't think anybody ever takes the chance on them and in, in, in saying – Hey, why don't you go play for this organization? You know, right. they want to win. And I think Worth took a chance and, and said, Hey, come here. This is where you want to be. They, these guys want to do it. Um, but yeah. But uh, what I was saying is, yeah, he, number 11 will be the guy that in that hall, uh, ring of honor that's like, they start yes. doing player statues. He ought to be number one. Oh, <laughs> without question. Yeah. He should be the first one out there. Um, just yeah, that, that's got to be a thing. Um, I do think so, I do think there are there are multiple players on this team that will probably hold that sort of level of distinction um, forever. Uh, certainly, I think Strasburg is most definitely going to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, Scherzer is most likely a second, um, depending. Rendon. Well, depending on what happens next. 
Um, it could be Anthony Rendon. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about that. We'll save, we'll save that. We'll save that for, for another time. But, um, but there's some interesting things that are coming down the pipe. And um, I, it, it is knowing what those, what those possibilities are. It's nice to see them take the opportunity to capitalize, um, not miss their chance uh, to see them embrace the moment and really, really come through. I mean, this this could could not have been a better outcome, in a better fashion, for them. Um, I put this one right up there alongside the Cubs Cleveland series, um, in which you you know you knew at the end of it, some town somewhere in America was still going to be heartbroken over not winning yeah. a World Series, but you knew somebody some some beloved little guy was going to win the world series and it was either going to be over for Chicago or it was going to be over for Cleveland and under no circumstances were you going to be upset about it <laughs> Yeah, when somebody won. And so this, this series for all the things that happened in it um, and, and could have been, even if the Astros had won, I think, I think there, th- this one would have easily gone down as a phenomenal world series, if not one of the best, the fact that the nationals won, I think puts it way up there near the top as far as team wins um, across the board. That's just my opinion. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm feeling a little sentimental at the moment, but I think, I, I think this one is going to be important to a lot of people um, for a while, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I think it was Charlie, but he's like, remember where you are. So you remember where you are. Like when you're, Remember where back. you are, so you remember where you were. Yeah. Well, he he misspoke then because that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's like, take this in. He he. The the call was there's so much excitement in their voice. Like when they got the first out, I think why I got goosebumps was because it was like because you're hearing yeah. it because you're hearing it from them, and it was I was so glad that I decided to listen to the radio guys and pull that radio upstairs. Cause I was like, you know, they, they just kind of, even Adrian said, they kind of just, they're like, there's more emotion coming from the radio guys. Mm-hmm. Cause they're invested. You know, they're with these guys for all the games and all that and doing the announcing, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. And he's like a world series curly W. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh! Like, yes, it sounds so stupid. Probably, <laughs> I, I'd be willing to, to some I'd folks. be willing to bet that he practiced some of that just in case. I, I, it's like uh, James Hetfield before a, a Metallica concert doing all his little thingies. He was probably like World Series Curly W, Curly W, <laughs> w, 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 World, World <laughs> Series, Series. <laughs> 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 like oh man and it's just it was that was awesome um so some other stats this decade has the most world series game sevens uh since the 1970s that's kind of awesome i think it's the fifth one wow that's pretty nuts also coming into this uh well overall game sevens the home team was 19 and 20 mm. And the last three home games 
the Astro- the the were losses. Wow. The last three game sevens were losses for the home team, so now that's four. Which which I'm not surprised by that because I feel like whoever wins game six, I guess I guess it depends, right? When the visitor, I find when the visitor wins game six, they have the momentum. I don't care what sport it is, you just always feel like they have the momentum, and the entire all the pressures on whoever the home team is to close it out. Um, which sometimes they do. And, you know, but I, I say all these things as if somehow me eating Cheerios the day of any major event guarantees that my team's going to win, you know, or, <laughs> or wearing blue socks. But, but I will tell you, this, this postseason was different, and this World Series was different. I've worn blue the last week and a half on purpose. Because um, of the uniforms? Because of the uniforms. In mm-hmm. fact, I honestly had to sit this morning and go, do I dare wear the same shirt again? to work um <laughs> which thankfully no i had another shirt that happened to be blue that i wore instead but um but i had to to actually put some thought in this. <laughs> but again i did that as if somehow my wearing a blue shirt meant that they were going to win tonight um yeah but- i know no i'm folding the stupid clothes and i'm like they're hitting well i cannot move from this spot so what is around me that I can work? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's... let me see. So about team, the team that scores first in these games was twenty-five and fourteen coming into today. Wow, really? And also, Granky knocked all these three pitchers out of the park, <clears throat> but he was only the fourth pitcher ever to start a game seven for a team that he did not start the season with. Wow. The other ones only combined for two innings pitched. Wow. One was on the 1924 Washington Senators, who got one out, uh, Curly Ogden. Uh, Another pitcher for the 45 Cubs allowed three runs, no outs. And then the last one was against the Astros, Hugh Darvish, 1.2 innings, five runs allowed. Oh, man. I forgot about with old the Curly. Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, you know, he kind of slips the mind there. Oh man! But it was so it was so interesting how the series kept touching on the '96 series or like the Astros' previous series. It was just interesting. I, I, it's... Well, here's let's let's walk real quick through some MVP and grinder. Um, bits. Let's let's finish the trend here. Yeah. For so this is just for the game. This isn't this is for... Just for the game. This is not for the series. Yeah. So for tonight, for I'm going to start with Houston. My uh, my MVP for Houston, without a doubt, is Grinky. Um, he's my MVP and grinder. He, man, he um showed up ready to work, and he was lights out and. The Nationals, frankly, had no answer for him. Um, even with the home run late in the game uh, by Rendon, um, I'm sure there's going to be debate for the remainder of the offseason about whether or not the Astros should have just left him in, uh, try to let him finish. Yeah. Um, because he, you know, sure he misses the pitch to Rendon, but he had kind of been owning everybody else all night. 
That um, was his first one that just kind of hung. Yeah. And and I think in both games, that was one of the rare ones that actually just got away from him a little bit. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to go back and forth on should he have stayed in? Um, they're going to go back and forth on, um, you know, should they have brought in Cole um, to do the seventh, um, if not a little bit earlier. But, you know, it's I, I, I think this was a rare case where the Nationals lucked out on the timing. I think if he... If he gives up that run in the six, Cole is coming in. And I think maybe you get a different outcome. Um, or if, if for some reason they had gotten runners on base against uh, Grinke in, in the fifth or the sixth inning, yeah, I think the seventh you have Cole starting it up, if not in the sixth. And that didn't happen. He was basically so lights out that he kind of left the door open for the Nats to not have to deal with Garrett Cole. Um, one, for people who don't know, it is incredibly hard for a starter to get set up for a relief position. They just, they, they don't work the same way. They're, they're all about kind of being an endurance pitcher and the long game, and it takes them a minute to kind of warm up. And, you know, they're more like a crock pot where guys that are traditional relievers or closers, they can be ready in, in minutes and they're ready to go. Um, they don't need a lot of turnaround time to get themselves going, and they don't need because they work so much more frequently between game to game than a starter yeah. does. Um, they don't need that much time to kind of get going. So, so that was going to be a weird one, right? Um, they never got to Cole, thankfully, and they had to go to their bullpen. <clears throat> I don't know that I felt comfortable. Um, with any of the guys that they were going to bring up, because for the most part, the Houston bullpen had been pretty darn good um, outside of game two when they got rocked late in the game. Yeah. Um, they had actually been pretty, pretty good. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, who knew what was going to happen there? You know, I was oddly enough not that worried about Cole because <clears throat> they threw up. Them to put him in because I thought, man, this is, this is going to be that case. They bring him in. They're so smug to think, oh, he's going to shut it down. And watch, yeah. They're going to rock him. I, I think that's what it was because I was like, even when, you know, they're like, <clears throat> this guy hasn't lost a decision since May. You know why I felt that way? And it's, it's because that's exactly what the Nats did with Scherzer the last time they were in the postseason, and it backfired. It backfired immensely. If I'm not, if if I'm, I may be messing up the uh, the pitchers here, but I believe the scenario was it was a Strasburg start that resulted in Scherzer coming in to try and help close out a game five in that opening round, and Scherzer got rocked, lost the game, <clears throat> got rocked, and then it just went downhill and it absolutely became a disaster late in the game. So I've always thought of that as an arrogant move. <laughs> like you just like you're just begging for trouble when you go that route. So anyway, so, yeah. so Grinky is my my MVP there. He was he had a great night, um, two great nights I would say in the World Series. He definitely did his part to help his team win, and um, you know they they ultimately didn't win. So unfortunately, I think. Over time, those performances will be kind of 
lost in history, but, um, but I, you know, in the immediate people aren't going to forget uh, what he was able to do um, in the postseason, And he certainly got, I think more than enough to be proud of in terms of that performance. I felt bad <clears throat> sort of for him because <clears throat> they showed him, I mean, not bad enough to be like, Oh, you know, the the Astros should win because then he'll feel better. But more in a, this dude did all this work for the team mm-hmm. and it's just gone. Well, like and that's that. where I don't feel quite so bad because to your point about the Houston fans, they left what nine guys on base. Yeah. At least nine they, guys I mean, on base. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. Two runners on at least every inning. And the Nationals were just as guilty of this over the course of the series and the postseason, for that matter, as the Astros. And in games where they could not bring those guys around, they lost. Yeah, then at one at one point it was at like nine to one on players left on base, and yeah, then I ridiculous. yelled out, "I was like, that's because the Nats didn't get on the freaking base." Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are those are a lot of missed opportunities that they could have they could have very easily blown this up against against the Nationals and and I'll that'll get me to my MVP and my grinder here in a minute. But um my grinder for Houston, um I think tonight um I'm going to have a little bit of a tough time picking out one guy. Um so I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna say the the Houston lineup. Um, they were certainly taking their shots at Scherzer all throughout the night. They made him put up a lot of pitches very quickly. Um, they basically treated him just like the way the Nationals treated Verlander. They were aggressive. Um, he had to put a lot of trust on the fielding, um, especially the guys in the infield in, in some cases. And uh, and I think that at the end of the day, um, you know they they did a lot, and and this whole scenario could have just as easily flopped in their direction if for some reason Corbin had not been on point, or if Scherzer had really lost command yeah. of his pitches to the point where he was loading bases. Um, I think that would have probably triggered an even earlier exit for him if that was the case. Um, yeah. On the... So Scherzer was my grinder for the Nats. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, it's it's just indicative in our review of his play. Um, but yeah, I mean that one that one was a pretty easy one. And who's your for MVP? Me. MVP. So you could give it to Corbin, but you could also. Give it to, I'd say Rendon. Um, I think his hit, while it was only a run, it was one run in a two-run, you know, in a previously two-run game, and it it was like in Rocky Four when they're like, he's cut, you know, he or he's cut the Russian or whatever, yeah, like. You're like, okay, maybe the bats will come alive now. Maybe something's going to happen. And I think 
him getting that hit helped the others just kind of like, oh, yeah, I do remember. I remember how to hit. <laughs> um, so I think I'll go with Scherzer. Or I mean, uh, Rendon. <clears throat> um, I think for me, I'm going to go with Adam Eaton for my grinder. Yeah. I love, I love Eaton. <laughs> he was, I, I feel like he was sort of like the emotional support guy on the roster for all the guys that were just struggling. And you got the sense when he came up, he was just kind of motivating guys and saying, Hey guys, just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. He's going to throw your pitch. He's going to throw your pitch. And, Certainly, once Grinky was out of the game, it was like, guys, it's on. Let's go. Let's let's light him up. And uh, he certainly had his uh, his moments in the game where he produced offensively. I love him doing the whole car race thing with Kendrick. Uh, yeah, it's they're doing the clutch. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. They have a shirt. Did you know that? Yes, I've seen it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, if you if you haven't seen the celebration, it's fantastic. Um, and then my MVP, uh, my MVP for the Nationals tonight. Um, I am going to give it to Scherzer as well. Um, given how many runners were on base and how many opportunities there were for the Astros to really bury the Nationals in the first seven innings of the game. Um, he gave up no more than two runs. Um, he, you know, hung in there. He made them work for it. He ground them down a little bit. And, um, you know, thankfully, I, I think the honorable mention goes to Corbin for coming in in the middle relief role and just nailing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's what you couldn't have asked for a better outing. From him, he showed up ready to work, went right to work, and uh, you know helped bring it home. Um, <clears throat> so I'm happy with all the all those performances there. Um, we're gonna have to wrap this up because I, I I don't know that we could spend so much more time just talking about the season and the players and the individual performances and all that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, that's a uh, separate. I, I think I think at the end of it, this this was a fantastic World Series. Um, so many storylines wrapped up in this. Um, DC is absolutely thrilled um, to have this success with the Washington Nationals. They've been after this for almost twenty years um, since they decided to make the move to to bring the club here to the area. Um, there's there's been... a team that before they settled on DC was like, oh, we're playing in Puerto Rico. Yeah, they were. were... They, they were a lost franchise for sure. We're sharing our TV revenue with the Orioles. Um, yeah. Like, which don't was... let me start on that. I feel like they've just I, made I the know, biggest statement in but the world it's a, to just say it's, Orioles. It's just get the, the team, though. That's like. <laughs> It's just a team, though, that it's just it's had all these weird just things and are in their way. And I am I am 100 percent going to put some some heavy credit towards Mike Rizzo, the general manager, um, for having for having the trust in his process, in his system um, 
in their drafting and in their development to not have to rely on the big money guys to get there. And and here's what I'm getting at with that. There over the years there have been some very heavily criticized moves that the Nationals have made. You know, they they've gotten rid of of all-star infielders and they've gotten rid of pitchers of fantastic pitchers and fantastic outfielders and guys that were top prospects and guys that were expected to be the next big thing. And yet because of the foundation that was put in place by guys like Stan Kasten, um, who came in and sort of set the, set the table for the organization yeah. um, when they first came to DC, they have a great foundation in their farm system in their scouting and certainly in their drafting for talent and for guys that I think want to be a part of growing this organization and at least up to this point have wanted to work towards the goal of, of winning a world series that has allowed them to bring in guys like uh, Juan Soto um, to, to have, to have a guy like Rendon, to have a guy like Ryan Zimmerman, um, to have all these players um, that have kind of grown up red and blue. And then <clears throat> to bring in these other key pieces like Scherzer and, and uh, you know, um, Kendrick, Kendrick and Eaton. Yeah, to bring these other guys in who I think have seen the quality or, of the organization and said, hey, I want to be a part of that. Um and to take the you know to have the patience to to work through the years that they had Bryce Harper and Jason Worth and we're trying to to do it and I think to to try and make little tweaks instead of trying to blow it all up and start over, um, which would have been so easy to do, so many times especially with such high turnover at the manager position. Um, oh yeah, this has been fun. I hope that this means that. You know, someone like Davey Martinez will stick around just a little while longer to uh, to to help keep the ship on the right course. I mean, he's got his health; he's got to worry about like legitimately has his health he yeah. has to worry about. That's not yeah, it's not that's a, not just the hyperbole. Yeah, it's so like... <laughs> so uh, I mean, I don't know if you caught, but there he was apparently he was on very very strict orders to keep his cool for Game Seven, like to <laughs> to just chill Mm -hmm. um i mean even his celebration right after uh the strikeout was just like "Mm, hug (laughs) hug (laughs) hug." (laughs) like they're showing the players meanwhile are out on the field like he's just in the in the dugout like come here come on yeah come in for a hug (laughs) but this is this is this one this one was so sweet um so yeah. sweet, and I and I I hope they relish it. I hope they, um, are able to capitalize on it a little bit. Um, and I and I just hope they enjoy it. They've got the victory celebration scheduled for Saturday, two p.m. Um, jeez, oh, down in the district. Um, I'm sure there'll be more details forthcoming. Uh, Mandy already she's already stated she really wants me to go. Um to enjoy it but i i don't know we'll see um but either way i i think it's 
I think it's absolutely fantastic, and I, I'm beyond thrilled um, that they finally reached the end of the road. Yeah, it was a amazing series, and actually, Keith, the highlight of the series was doing these recap shows with you. Oh, 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 but I mean. <laughs> We've been so infrequent with posting on here, uh, putting up the episodes, and me just going, hey, why don't we just talk after the game? The Nats are in the series. When's that going to happen? And this being the series that it happens was, I mean, I didn't, couldn't have predicted that. And so it's just, I was just thinking about it. It's just awesome that this is uh, the series that we got as stressful as it was, um, but as rewarding as it's been. And I just wanted to say thank you for sharing the early morning hours of these past uh, week and a half with me. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> nah, this is this has absolutely been fun. And um, you're 100% right. It, it, this has been especially sweet because... Um, you know, th- this is something that's going to linger for years in this area. Um, and, and it's, 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 yeah, it's going to be talked about for a good, good while. So it's nice to have this for ourselves and for family and for those listening to, uh, to sort of help follow along and be able to retrace everything that kind of went down. That's going to be, that's going to be really cool. Yeah. So with that, this will be, uh, this has been the, Game seven World Series recap, thoughts, uh, emotions, all that. Um, and I've got the exit music. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with baby. that, we'll say goodnight. Bang, zoom, go the fireworks. It was a World Series curly W for the Nats. Keep it going, people. Come on. <laughs> you know you like it. So was that? <laughs> Go Nats. Go Nats. <laughs> Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. Oh, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. The motherfucking Nationals are the motherfucking champions of the motherfucking world. Dude. <laughs>